What's going on, everybody? Reverend Lyle Lewis coming at you with one more episode of the Pain Fighter Podcast. My name is Reverend Lyle Lewis. I am your host on today, as always. And I re- I come from the Word Evangelistic Church, where my pastor is, the Prophet Willie C. Townsend. Uh, come check us out. Look us up on Facebook. Look us up on Google. Look us up <clears throat> on our website, thewordevangelisticchurch.com. Check us out on YouTube. We have lots of podcasts where my pastor is just preaching the word of God, him and his wife, uh, Prophetess Denise Townsend. You know, we've got shows where we sit down and where they, my pastor and his wife, they sit down and they discuss, like they just have like a, a, a little discussion between them. And then there's also the regular telecast that they do and our telecast come on live. Just check us out. Check our website. Check us out on Google. You'll get all the information. So today I'm going to dive right into our topic on today, which is <clears throat> what is prayer? And, you know, a lot of people, um, they get it twisted as to what prayer is. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times that's a lot. Unfortunately, that's what a lot of these pastors, that's the only thing they could tell their members, you know, when things go wrong. You know, that's the only thing they could tell everybody when things go wrong, when things aren't working well in their life. Everybody always wants to say, well, just pray just pray just pray you got the righteous praying you got sinners praying you got hypocrites praying you got people who don't even believe in god are praying it's like what's really going on here you know what i'm saying and then not only that but then you know everybody's always like oh we'll just push just push you know that whole goofy the same where it's just a a goofy acronym where pray until something happens you know all that kind of goofy stuff you know and Here's the thing. A lot of people are praying and prayer is not working. And to my, not to my understanding, but in my opinion, in my opinion, again, my opinion, I'm like the Bible said, it says not, this is, this is I, not God. I'm not saying that this is anything that came from the Bible. This is just my personal opinion on this subject for this, just, uh, that, Prayer is actually hurting a lot of people. And I'll tell you why. I believe that. Um, You get where you got so many people praying, but things aren't happening. So therefore, you get a lot of people praying. And when uh, God doesn't show up when they want him to or when nothing happens, the prayer doesn't get answered or you know what I'm saying things go wrong it's like things go right according to what they prayed for but in the process of the person getting what they want things go horribly wrong this turns people from God this makes people lose confidence in God this makes people lose confidence in churches this makes people lose confidence in pastors now I mean don't get me wrong there's always a great I mean there is already a great fallaway uh, in the church. And that's not my opinion. That's fact. Because if you look at how the churches are today, where they allow anything in the church, they allow anybody uh, who acts any kind of way to run the church, to run functions and, and things in the church, you know, um, you know, you got pastors and this isn't just Catholics. <clears throat> this isn't just, just Catholics. This is pastors of all religions are molesting kids, both male and female. You know, they're, they're, they're abusing their authority in, in the pulpit. 
they're allowing anything to go on in the church. It is long, you know what I'm saying? The only thing a lot of these pastors only care about is the tithes and offering and the membership. But nobody actually is really caring about the people's soul and getting them saved. And, you know, everybody, you know, but pastors are either they're 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 either, you know, allowing BS to go on in the church or they're trying to get into politics or they're trying to, you know, uh, just sing songs all day long or they're just telling the people to pray, but they're not teaching them nothing. You know, that is really hurting a lot of people. And you know what I'm saying? When you get it where the pastor already isn't preaching anything, he's not teaching anything. He's not giving any people anything that is beneficial unto their soul as far as something that they can take and use and stand on. He's not giving them anything like that. What he's doing is just telling them to pray. I don't need a pastor or any bishop, doctor, deacon, reverend, a teacher, evangelist, minister, father, whatever. I don't need nobody to tell me to pray. I don't need nobody to tell me to do that. Tell me something that I don't know. You get what I'm saying? A lot of times you get it where everybody's like, oh, just pray. That's the best answer that you can give me is pray. I got all kinds of hell and problems going on in my life. And the best answer you can give me is to pray. Because all due respect, if prayer got the job done, the world wouldn't be like it is today. Because you have it where, don't get me wrong, you got the righteous praying. You got the righteous doing like the Bible told them to do. Pray for your governors, pray for the people in authority, pray for other nations and things like that. So if you had it where prayer actually worked, the way that it was to put, I'm sorry, the way that these pastors, because prayer works, it does. But if you get prayer working the way that these pastors are lying to the people saying that it, it works, the world wouldn't be the way that it is. You can get one person that's holy and righteous in God, but notice what I just said. That's holy and righteous in God. The Bible tells me that God's ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. Of the righteous. Now, what does that mean? Let's break that part down. God's ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. What does this mean? Those that are saved, those that are redeemed in Christ, those that are living the word of God, those that are, you see, the first thing everybody thinks is just as long as you go to church. No, you have to be saved. You have to be living a lifestyle that is holy and acceptable in the eyesight of God. You cannot just jump up and pray and you live in any kind of way. If you're not saved, don't pray. Your prayer is an abomination. If you're not saved, don't pray. There's no point in you praying. See, the problem is, is so many people want to claim they read the Bible, but nobody's actually looking at what the Bible says. Everybody's claiming they read the Bible. But here's the problem. If anybody read the Bible, because this is what I don't understand. If people are reading the Bible, then how do you skip over things about homosexuality? How do you skip over things about uh, 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 the conduct of what a pastor is supposed to be? How do you skip over things about how a husband's supposed to treat his wife and how a wife's supposed to treat her husband? How do you skip over things like prayer and who can get a prayer through? How do you skip over things like those that belong to God and those that don't? How do you skip over things like how to properly run a church? How do you skip over these things? I've been reading my Bible since 2001 and the Bible has covered all of these things. Marriage, dealing with your kids, dealing with the church, dealing with people out in the world, dealing with people that are saved, dealing with people that aren't saved, helping folks. It deals with all of these situations and subjects. 
So this is my question. Why is it that when the Bible goes forth and tells these things, everybody's claiming they read the Bible. So what exactly are you reading? Because my Bible told me how to pray. My Bible told me what the requirements were to get a prayer through. My Bible told me what I'm supposed to do when I go to church. My Bible told me how to dress when I go to church. You got these people going to church half naked and they going to church like they just came from the club and they're going out. You know what I'm saying? They got the, they got the, you know what I'm saying? They got the, 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 the these, 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 these half naked dresses on. The dudes going to church, uh, 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 uh sagging pants. And this, these are, the, and sadly to say, these are people who are actually supposed to be saved. But yet they're going to church and looking any kind of way. Now, I know that you're looking at it like, well, what does this all have to do with prayer? If your lifestyle is not lined up with the word of God, how do you expect to get a prayer through? We even as people. Understand the nature of a request, which is nothing that that's all of what a prayer is a request made known unto God. Prayer is two things. Number one, it is a request. I'll put it to you like this. If you want to give an equivalent of what a prayer is, you know how some places you go to some restaurants or your job or, you know, other places and they have a suggestion box. That's what prayer is. Prayer is you filling out a suggestion and dropping it in the box. Okay, that's number one. Number two, prayer is a way for us as people, as man, as woman to communicate with God. Notice what I said. This is our way. So this is one of the ways to communicate with God. Because you have a way where man can communicate with God through three ways. One is prayer. Two is lifestyle and three is praises. Okay. Now, prayer is one of them. I didn't, you know, I'm not saying that prayer is like the most important. I just named three of them. Prayer is not the most important. The most important of those three to communicate with God is your lifestyle. But you need all three of those. To communicate with God effectively. You need a lifestyle that's lined up with the word of God. You need praises and sacrifice unto God. And then your prayer. See. Everybody wants to skip over the part where the Bible says, you know, the fervent and effectual prayer of a righteous man avail it much. Folks are out here living any kind of way. Folks are out here doing what they want to do. Folks are out here living in sin and they want to turn around and pray. It doesn't work like that. See, if you're not living the word of God, and when I say living the word of God, I mean you are actually following the Bible's instructions the way that the Bible tells you to do it, not cutting corners, not adding to it, not taking away, not, well, I can do this because of that. Or, well, I know the Bible said this, but eh, it's okay if we know that the Bible says, don't do it. You don't do it. If the Bible says to do it, you do it. But see, everybody wants to skip over the part where you have to be saved to pray. Everybody wants to skip over the part where you have to be living a holy lifestyle to get a prayer through. 
This is the reason why a lot of these pastors, and my pastor says it all the time. This is the reason why a lot of these pastors, they turn to marching. What the hell? The only time I've seen the Bible ever tell anyone to march was when he told uh, Joshua to march around the walls of Jericho. I haven't seen God tell anybody to march ever since then. And God sure as hell didn't tell them to march without works. Notice, God had a plan in the midst of them marching. You get these pastors out here marching and they don't have a plan. And then on top of that, guess who all was marching at that time? Even if pastors did want to march, even if they said, yeah, marching will do good, marching will do good. Read the Bible and see who marched around the walls of Jericho. These were all men of God, men chosen for war, but men of God. Men who were living holy according to the commandments that God had gave them. Because remember, God did not stand with the children of Israel in battle when there was unrighteousness, when there was sin in the camp, when they had went against God, when they turned to false gods and all this other kind of stuff. Notice how God departed from them. Notice how they fell to their enemies. Notice how Joshua, when uh, when they went to go fight the, the um, I forget which army it was, but they went to go fight them and they got beat. And Joshua went to God in prayer like, Lord, what what happened? Did you, you know, this is going to be reported to all of our enemies and to all the people. They're going to know that you brought us out here for for to, to be slaughtered. What did God say? He said, get up. He said, there's sin in the camp. God told Joshua, get up from where you are. Stop praying. Get up and go sanctify the people. There's sin in the camp. Find the sin. Get rid of it. Then I'll come back, be with you, and we can move on. But the pastors are like, oh, yeah, let's go for a march. And you've got, you know, they want to go out there and they march with, 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 with people who aren't saved, people who don't like God, people who don't even like church. People who give God no kind of service, people who aren't trying to live holy, who aren't trying to live saved. They're just out there marching because they just like to, you know, they're, they, they, they just like big movements where the community comes together. But I tell you one thing, if the pastor really wanted to do an effective march, he'd get together saints, men and women in God. And I assure you, <clears throat> they probably wouldn't march. You want to know what they would do? They would be able to pray. And God would give them a plan. And they'd follow that plan and things would work. The same way he gave to the children of Israel. Like I said, that's the only time I've ever seen in the Bible where God told the people to march. I haven't seen it. God since since that time, I have not seen. I have not read in my Bible where God said, go march uh, 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 around this or march for this reason or march for that reason. But everybody wants to do their own thing. And then they wonder why these techniques and tactics aren't working. If you're not doing things the way that God wants you to do them, they're not going to work. Jesus Christ said, without me, you can do nothing. But see, here's the thing. You get to a lot of people, they throw in the name of Christ. But is Christ really there? It's the same with prayer. You pray to God, but is God actually hearing your prayer? Is he listening to it? 
That's what you need to ask yourself. If you've been praying for all of these years and you've been trying to call on God to get your body healed, to get your kids safe. And I don't know. I said safe, not saved. I said safe. And the reason why I said safe is because a lot of people aren't trying to get their kids saved. And that's what the problem is. They're not getting saved. They're trying to get their kids saved. And then they wonder why the kids are out here getting shot down in the street. Now, understand the Bible does say that a lot of even even, you know, that, you know, God made all things. You know what I'm saying? All things have to come to pass. Unfortunately, 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 evil has to happen. That certain things that God has ordained to happen in the future can happen. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the time of the Antichrist. You know, you got all these problems popping up now. But notice what the Bible tells us. It said that when the Antichrist, the man Antichrist comes, he's going to come up with solutions. He's going to pop on the scene and he's going to have solutions to all the problems, all the violence, all of this, all of that. Unfortunately, yes, there are a lot of problems that do have to happen. But nonetheless, nonetheless, If you had it where people were saved, living for God, do you really honestly think that a lot of these problems would be happening? Look at the generations. And like I said, this is all tying into, you know, what is prayer? Look at the generations. Now, even the Bible says that each generation is more wicked than the last. Okay, the generations are getting more and more wicked. Look at how it was back in the 50s, the 60s. And those of you who are old enough to know to, to be able to look back on those times. Look at how things were back in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and now the, the 2010s. Look at how more wickedness, more hate more people caring about themselves, more of the government going up on taxes, not caring about the people, not doing anything to serve the people. I remember, you know what I'm saying, reading the history books, and unfortunately, that's all that I had in school, you know, reading the history books, you know, the government was more for the people back in the, the 70s and the 60s than they are for them now. Now they're just for money. Then you go to these pastors. What do we do? Well, the only thing we can do is pray. No, you can get saved. Live a holy lifestyle. So that then this way, when you do pray, you can get your prayers answered. Now, understand this. Like I said, prayer is a request. Just because you requested it. Even if you are righteous, even if you are holy, even if you are saved, just because you request it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. You got to understand, God does tell people no. Every prayer is not going to be answered with a yes and a positive answer because God knows Things that are going that have to happen according to his will. And God also knows things that are going to hurt you. See, a lot of times the Bible has it's like where the Bible says we pray for things amiss, meaning we pray for things that are not in the will of God. We pray for things that are not in line with God. We pray for things that are not, you know what I'm saying, beneficial unto us in God. 
You get to where a lot of times people pray for husbands, they pray for wives, they pray for houses, they pray for cars, they pray for money, they pray for jobs, they pray for whatever. You know what I'm saying? They pray for all kinds of stuff. And then when they don't get it, they look at God like, but I prayed. I don't understand why I didn't get it. Because God knew. And this is to those that are saved, to those that are holy, to those that are righteous. Like the Bible says that God is God answers the prayers of the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. He said, but the prayer of the wicked is an abomination unto God. So to those who are praying in right standard, according to the word of God, when you pray for something and you don't get that prayer, that means that it was something that was either a against the will of God or something that was going to hurt you, which is still against the will of God. But you got to also understand, you know what I'm saying? That, um, not only is prayer requests, but there's a lot of times where our prayers do get answered, but we don't understand how God answers our prayers. See, one main way, one main way that God answers the prayers, and I'll give you the scripture to back it up. One main way that God answers a lot of people's prayers is through the word of God. And here's the scripture that backs it up. God said, I exalt my word above all of my name. That includes prayer. That includes just calling on the name of Jesus. That includes uh, 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 faith. That includes all that. It includes God's word comes first. Because what did the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing. So therefore, if you're not hearing the word of God, how can you have faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So therefore, the word of God comes first. And you get to where a lot of times people pray and they're looking for God to deal with them directly or they're looking for God to just have some kind of divine intervention or they're looking for God to come down and give them a sign or something like that. And then this is the reason why a lot of people wind up going in the wrong direction, even though they prayed for this and they go in the direction. And then when things go wrong, they're wondering, well, God, what happened? Why did things go wrong? Well, did you fully wait for an answer from the Lord or did you just pray and then coincidentally something happened and that's what you went after? So you got to also understand the Bible tells us to add to our faith, patience, virtue, you know, knowledge, all these other contemporaries and all the other kind of stuff. Why? So that when we pray, we don't go and make these mistakes. So that when God gives us the word of God, we know how and when to move. See, a lot of times people pray and then they move ahead of God. God may be giving you this, but he's going to give it to you in his time. He has to help make things happen. He has to put people in place. He has to prepare you. There's so many things that he has to make sure that happens. So that then this way, when the prayer, when it's time, when it's his time for the prayer to actually, when it's, when it's his time to give the thumbs up for everything to work properly, you get it. And you get it as the Bible said, God, the Lord blesses and adds no sorrow. You can get whatever it is you're praying for and have no sorrow. You prayed for a husband. Well, you gave God time to work in your favor. To set you up a husband to bring one from wherever it is he's bringing them from to you to come to you and take care of you. But you went ahead of God. And the man that you were lusting after showed interest in you and you thought that was God answering your prayer. And now you're in a you're in a marriage where you're miserable. You're trying to figure out, well, God, why would you give me a husband like this? Well, 
Did God give you a husband? Did God give you that husband? Or was that your choice? So you got to understand what we choose may not be something that we that it's going to benefit us. You know what I'm saying? We pray to God for things and that may not be what God wants for us in his plan. You know what I'm saying? You might have prayed for a husband, you know, six, three, you know, muscular, you know, uh, you know, good job, you know, fantastic, you know, fantastic looking guy and whatnot. God's plan might have been this other guy who was light skinned five, four, you know, uh, you know, working, you know, as a janitor at a school, you know what I'm saying? And you're looking at it like, well, why would God choose? I'm just using that as an example. I don't want somebody thinking like that's a sign. No, I'm just using that as an example. You know, and the reason why I say that something like that is because, you know, you look at it like I was looking at tall, this tall guy who's handsome. And, you know, he's just, oh, my God, just, you know, to your eyes, what you call sexy and whatnot. And you're just like you're just swooning and wounding and whatnot over this guy. But this guy over here, like I said, the five four guy that's a janitor, and you know he's paid, he's he's making decent living. You're looking, you're overlooking him, but that's God's choice for you right there. And here's why: this guy who's tall and handsome and blah 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 is you know you come to find out you marry him. He's a womanizer. He's a woman beater. He's 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 actually on the DL. You know, you're getting all kinds of problems out of him. He's not the kind of guy who wants to take care of a family. He's not the kind of guy, hey, he just wanted a trophy wife. He didn't want to have kids and, and, and raise a family and all this other kind of stuff. Hey, he just wanted some female that he can boink a couple of times and then move on. You know what I'm saying? You married him. Yeah. And it's like he doesn't mind that because now he's got somebody who he can, you know, he's always got somebody who he can come home to. But at the same time, he's not really willing and ready to settle down. He's living too much of a fantastic lifestyle with that fantastic paying job that you thought was oh so much of a blessing to you. Oh, you just knew that you this job that he had was going to be fantastic. But this guy, you overlooked him and that was God's choice. This is a man who would have settled down with you, raised a family with you, would have sat down with you to come together that you two can make plans to build on something on a solid foundation of marriage and love and 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 and, and, and how to be a good husband and wife and how to be good mother and father to the kids that you raise. And the man will help you know what I'm saying? He he's he's a man in the church who he'll get saved or he is saved and you know what I'm saying? God had this guy, but you overlooked him because he wasn't what you wanted him to be. See, the same way that God can change the hearts of everybody else, he can change our hearts also. You could be like, I want it tall and handsome. Yeah, well, God can change your heart to, you know, short and light-skinned. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, you're the kind of female you want tall, dark, and handsome. You want a man with blonde hair, blue eyes, or whatever it is that you choose that you want out of life as a guy. You know, I mean, as, as a female that wants a guy, you know, 
or even dudes, you know, whatever it is you thought, you know, you want her to have, you know, certain sizes in certain areas or, you know, to be, you know, have the perfect legs or you know, whatever it is as a guy you want in a female, you know what I'm saying? And you wind up getting with some chick that winds up cheating on you. You get with some chick that winds up just walking out on you. She, you know, it's a whole world of stuff that I've heard with men and females, how they do people, how they do their spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends wrong. Because we didn't go with God's choice for us. We went with we went with what we wanted. And the only thing that you can say is, but I prayed for this. Well, like I said, did you wait for God to give you your answer? Did you wait for God to fulfill your request? You may have to wait for your entire life and die. You look at it, well, I prayed for a husband or a wife. Well, then if you died before you got it, then I mean it wasn't went for you to have one. See, what the problem is you get to where nobody wants to pray to God in the right standard. Everybody wants to pray to God on their own terms. You cannot pray to God. Look, dude, you cannot do anything in this world on your own terms except run your house. That's it. Unless you own a business and yeah, you can run your business on your own terms. But even with that, you got rules. No matter what you do, there's rules and regulations. And you, what, you think that with man there's rules and regulations? With God it's just a free-for-all? No. Who do you think man who do you think man got their rules from? Look at all the laws. Then look at the Ten Commandments. Do you see that there's somewhat of a similarity? Look at the laws and then read the Bible. Do you think that there's somewhat of a similarity? You read the book of, let's see, uh, Genesis. You read Exodus. Like, um, you read the book of like Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Leviticus. And then go look at every law that man has made. And you will see that from Exodus, Deuteronomy, and Leviticus, all from the time that God started giving man commandments, like giving man commandments as, as a whole, from the time that God started giving man commandments, you'll see that a lot of the laws are very similar to what God was telling the people back in those times. Why? Because man based the laws off of the Ten Commandments and the other commandments and statutes of God. I said that to make this point. If there are rules that come with everything, why won't people learn the rules of prayer? What is prayer? It's a request. What is prayer? It's your way to communicate with God. But here's another point that I wanted to make sure to bring out. That's your way to communicate with God. You need to make sure that God has a way to communicate with you. And that is through his word. See, everybody thinks that it's just supposed to be a one-way street with God. Oh, it's just all about me with God. No, it's also about God with you. So you got a lot of people who say, I'm with God, but did God say I'm with you? Oh, man, I know a lot of sinners out there. They'll tell you in a heartbeat that they're blessed. They'll tell you in a heartbeat, I'm blessed and highly favored by God. Ain't stepped foot in church a day in their life. I know sinners out there who will tell you God bless you faster than a saint will. 
And not one of them will go to church. Not one of them will live a holy lifestyle. Not one of them will pay tithes. Not one of them. They won't do anything. They won't be. Hell, they won't even be religious. They're just going to just be sinners. Just stone cold sinners all the way. I mean, I, I, I'm talking about, I know like stone cold sinners. Like when I say stone cold sinners, I mean like people who are like, they are living the life they want to live happily living the life they want to live. They're drinking, smoking, having sex with whoever they want to have sex with. They're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing a little bit of everything, but be the first one. They'll tell, they'll tell you faster than, than somebody who say, will. God bless you. They'll tell you faster than somebody that saved will. Uh, I'm blessed and highly favoring God. They'll tell you faster than a saint will. I prayed for this and my prayer was answered. How is that possible? You have to understand in God, there's a communication between you and God and God and you. You look at man on this earth when you stop and you talk to another human being. It's not just that it's you talking to them. It's a communication. If it's nothing more than the person says, OK, no problem. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. There's some kind of communication. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. There's communication. You ask somebody, hey, could you hand me the remote? Yeah, sure, here you go. Hey, did you go get the mail? Uh, it didn't show up today. There's a communication. But people want to go and they want to pray to God and think that it's just one-sided. No. No, no, no. If you're not somebody who's trying to go somewhere and listen to the word of God, I'm not talking about somebody give a Bible story. I'm not talking about somebody who wants to get up there and preach a testimony of how life is so fantastic for them because they're living off of the church's tides. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about going to a church where the pastor is a holy pastor preaching the word of God, a true watchman, a true shepherd of the sheep of the flock of God. That is what I'm talking about. You go to a church like the word evangelistic church. Look, all due respect, we give a hell less about membership. We want you saved. The only reason why we say join the church is because we want you somewhere where we know the word of God can be preached unto you. But this is also the reason why we have the telecast and the streamline and things like that. So that then this way, my pastor, Prophet Townsend, me and the other ministers at the church, and the other people who are there supporting the telecast so that we can help get the word of God out to you. If you're somebody who you're shut in, you can't get to church. The word of God can still get to you in the right way. We pay our money. To reach you we pay our money to help save souls we pay our money to help reach out so that the will of god can be done that's a true church you don't want to be a member tune in on the telecast there's plenty of word right there to help get you saved tune in on our streamline there's plenty of word right there all up and down on youtube on our website to help get you saved and help you live a holy and righteous lifestyle and live a lifestyle that when you go to pray to god your prayers can actually be answered because we're going to have it where we're going to teach you how to pray and we're going to teach you what to expect after you pray 
We're going to give you the word of God so that then God can come down, communicate with you through his word because God is going to send a man. Because if you read your Bible like everybody claims that they read their Bible, then you will see that God has always, from the time of Moses on down, God has dealt with one man to deliver the word of God unto the people. I'll go back even further through since the time of Noah. How about that? Since the time of Noah, God has dealt with one person to deliver the word of God into the people. God told Noah, it's going to rain. Noah went and told the people it's going to rain. They didn't believe him. Guess what happened to them? And it wasn't good. You say you read your Bible, fill in the, fill in the rest. To those of you who say you read your Bible and you don't, go read and find out. The only thing I can tell you is the end of those people who didn't listen to the man of God, it wasn't good for them. The people who didn't listen to Moses, Joshua, David, Saul, I mean, not Saul, um, uh, Samuel, the prophet, um, you know, Elijah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, any of the prophets, Jesus, Peter, Paul. The list goes on and on and on from the beginning of the worship, from the beginning of the time that God has been sending man to deliver a message to the people to today and beyond. When the people don't listen to the word of God delivered by a true man of God that's tied into God, it doesn't wind up ending up well for them. The people always wind up ending in some kind of disaster. They always wind up dead. They always wind up in captivity. They always wind up in bondage. They always wind up with their minds messed up. All of this because they wouldn't listen to the instruction that God was giving them through a holy man of God. It's the same way with my pastor. He's a holy man of God. And all due respect, I've seen people not listen to this man and it didn't end up well for them. They thought that they were going to leave and do good. They thought that they were going to go opposite of what this man had been telling them. I have not seen one person walk away from the word of God in their life prosper. I haven't seen not one. All due respect, I've been to, I've been to many churches in my life. My parents drug me from one church to another church to another church. I've seen people leave those churches and there was no consequence to them. We left those churches. There was no consequences to us. My parents didn't bring me to this church. This is the church that God directed me to. This is the church, the first and only church that I have ever been to. Where I've seen people walk away from the church and their lives went down. Why? Because this is a true man of God who's tied into the word of God. Now, like I said, no, I'm not trying to plug my church because I want people as members. I'm trying to plug my church because I want you saved. I want it to be that when you go to pray, you know how to pray. See, we get our phones, we get our TVs, we get our tablets, we get our cars, we get all of our own stuff, and we will sit down and we will read the instruction manual, we will listen to the salesman tell us, here's what you do, here's these features. When I've been, Look, when you buy a new car, I bought a new car. When you buy a new car, they have a guy come out to the car with you and he tells you, 
okay, you got this here, you got that there. There's the this, there's the that. If you need to change the radio station, you got buttons on the back of the steering wheel. You've got uh, 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 AC adapters here in the dash arm, the this and that. You got this. You've got uh, uh, charging ports in the back. You've got this. You've got heated seats up front. You've got heated seats in the passenger area. You got this, power windows. He sits down and he goes over everything. Even though a lot of this stuff you may look at as basic, he makes sure to go over everything with you so that you have a full understanding of how to use the car. You get your phone and your tablet. When they sell you that phone and that tablet from the uh, from the Sprint store, from the uh, from T-Mobile, from Verizon, or whatever person you're, whatever uh, 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 company you're with, they sit down and they explain how to use the phone. This is the on button. Is how you cut it off. You got to set your alarms. You got to do this. You got to set this and passcodes and this and that. They sit down and they explain to you in detail how to use it you go home you play with the phone you play with the tablet you set it to your own personal settings so that you only you can get access it you your fingerprints can unlock it your face recognition can unlock you you sit down and play with these things you figure out how to use them but then when it comes to prayer We just dive in and nobody's trying to figure out how to actually do this properly but everybody's praying Read your Bible. All due respect, don't get me wrong. Word Evangelistic Church, Prophet Townsend, no, we're not the only church out there that's a holy church. We're not the only church out there that's truly preaching the word of God. My pastor is not the only pastor out there that's delivering the word of God. He's the only one that I know, though. That's why I'm only telling you, I'm telling you what I know. Let me ask you a question. When the woman at the well met Jesus. Did she go and tell everybody else about all these other men or did she come and tell her what she knew? She went and told the other people what she knew. She said, come and meet a man. Why? This is the man she met. Come tell, come meet a man who told me all about me. Here's the man that I met that he told me about me. I know this man is, is, is something serious. They didn't go running around. She didn't run around talking about, come meet a man who told me about me. Oh, wait. But there's also another man um, in uh, Damascus, and there's another man in Egypt. Uh, so I guess pick whichever one you want. No, she went and told the people about the man that she met, that she knew, could tell her and tell other people about themselves and herself and everything else. I'm not downplaying any other pastors. Providing that you're a good pastor, providing that they are a good pastor and they're leading the church the way that the God, the way that God instructed them to do in the Bible. Hey, if they're a pastor preaching the word of God, I'm like Christ. If they're not against us, they're for us. If they're teaching the people how to pray and what the importance of prayer is and they're teaching people that they got to get saved and they're teaching the people to live holy lifestyles according to the word of God and they're preaching messages from the Bible and they're not letting all kinds of garbage and BS go on in the church with everybody and they just and they care more for the people than they do for the tithes and they care more for souls and whatnot. By all means, if you know a church like that and that's the church that you're closest to, you're not in the Chicagoland area or whatever the case may be, by all means, you go to that church. But if you don't have a place where you know of a pastor who's a, like I said, I'm just telling you about what I know.
come to church, hear the word of God, get saved. But then there's another portion that I want to touch on and then we're going to go ahead and close it out. A lot of people, believe it or not, are not praying in faith. Now, like I said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So therefore, that's one key part. They don't have the word of God. So therefore, how can they have faith? Bible says, how can they have faith in whom they believe? If they haven't heard, and how can they have faith? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? The Bible ties everything together. Everything that I just told you throughout this whole message, he ties it together. You got to be saved, being taught by a man of God, chosen by God, so that then this way you can learn how to use your faith to go get the things that you want in life. You got to be saved. You got to have faith. You got a lot of people are just praying and it's just like they're just praying and then just like, I don't know what to do next. When you pray. The Bible says pray and believe. You can't pray and then doubt. You can't go to God in prayer. And then when you get up out of prayer, and I'm talking to those that are righteous, who, you know, either they may be babes in Christ or they probably don't have a full understanding of prayer. You cannot go to God in prayer and then jump up still worrying about your problems. If you have a sickness and you go to God in prayer, you cannot rise up from that prayer still worried about my sickness. Oh, my God. I don't know. No, you rise up from prayer as if God healed you that very moment. I don't give a hell if you are in pain. And I speak this from experience. I've suffered with asthma my whole life, okay? Now, there have been, when I first got saved, I would go to God in prayer about my asthma, and I would say, Lord, I need you to deliver me, help me, this and that, that and this. There was times when I was having asthma attacks, bad asthma attacks. I went to God in prayer, and I'm like, Lord, you got to move this off me. And I jumped up, wheezing, hurting, lungs hurting, and everything else, but I jumped up from there with full belief that I was healed. I put it in God's hands. I'm like, okay, Lord, yeah, I'm still hurting, but I know you're healing. I know I, I, I would tell myself that and I would tell God that, Lord, I know that you're sending the healing on the way. Yeah, I still feel the pain of my lungs hurting. I still am wheezing. I still can't breathe, but I know you. I know you're going to take care of me. I know you're going to. I went to God. I believe God for it. The same way that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob believed God for the promised land. Abraham, the promise was given to Abraham, but did Abraham see it the way that God wanted him to see it? Did Abraham see that God made the children of Israel as the sands of the sea? No, Abraham did not see that, but he trusted God for it. That's the reason why God, they, that's the reason why uh, 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 the Bible calls Abraham the father of faith. This is the reason why Abraham was considered a friend of God. He just took God at his word and just said, Lord, if this is what you want, if that's what you say it's going to be, I believe you. When God told Abraham to leave his father's house, he didn't raise any questions. God said, there's a land out there. Abraham had to see it. And he said, okay, Lord, if you say it's there, I believe it. And he took God at his word and acted on it. When you go to God in prayer, whatever it is that you're praying on, act on it according to how, according to what you're able to act on at that time. I'm not saying, because remember what I was talking about earlier, there's times when we can step ahead of God. What do I mean act on it? Get up from prayer with just a solemn belief in your heart that whatever it is you're asking for, the Lord will perform it. 
with the wholehearted belief in your heart, the unwavering. And this is one key part. Your faith cannot be shakable. It cannot be. Un it has to, it has to be unwavering. It has to be just like relentless. It has to be like like like. You don't care what anybody says. You don't care about what the odds are. You don't care about what you see. You know that God is going to perform what it is you're asking him to do. You're asking for healing. You're asking for financial uh, blessings. You're asking for a house, a, a beautiful family, a, a good husband, a good wife. You have to just envision it in your mind that that's what God is going to do for you. Don't envision what it is you want. Envision God doing it for you. There's a difference. You envision what you want in your mind and you're limiting the powers of God. You envision God making it happen. You leave all possibilities open. See, we rise up from prayer, not believing that God will take care of us. We rise up from prayer, still worried about things that's going on. We rise up from prayer, uh, 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 limiting the powers of God by putting in our mind how God should deliver us, bless us and help us and what he should do. Oh, he should just use this medication or he should just give me that man as a husband or that woman as a wife. He should just do this with my kids so that they get no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. You went to God in prayer. Now, what you did was you let it in. You left it in God's hands. You went to God in prayer and said, Lord, take care of this for it. whatever it is that you were to praying about. You went to God and said, Lord, I need you to take care of this. Basically, it's like this. It's like valet parking. You can't tell the valet, OK, go put my car in lot. C, uh, section two. You can't tell him to do that. He got to put your car where it can fit, right? Okay. It's the same way we got. You get out of a car with valet parking. What do you do? You just throw him the keys. That's all you do. You get out of the car. Guys just standing there. Hello, sir. Hello, ma'am. How you doing on this evening? You say, oh, I'm doing all right. You toss him the keys and say, take good care of her. And you go on about your business. That's the same way you do with God. It's the same exact concept. You're just like, okay, Lord. This is what I need. This is what I want. You toss God the keys and you move on. Just trust that he's going to take care of the rest. You don't get out of your car and toss the valet the keys like, oh God, it, is he going to crash my car? Is he going to, well, I want him to park my car here. Then you should have parked it. What do I mean by that? Spiritually speaking, if you want this and that to go your way, go do it that way. But when they, if, if they're not seeing it always happens, that things just bad and bad come up bad. But if something bad happens, deal with the consequences. See, I use valet parking just as like, you know, like Jesus Christ uses parables. I, that's just an example. I just use the valet parking as an example. You know what I'm saying? But when you toss God the keys, you got to just walk in. Hey, you just got to keep moving. Okay, Lord, you handle that. You keep moving. I'm not saying that in the process you tell tossing, you know, giving God the reins that bad things aren't going to happen. But you have to know how to weather the storm. You got to know how to, that's why I said you got to be unwavering, unshakable. You got to know that God has your back. You got to know that God is there with you. You got to know that God is going to stand in the midst with you and that whatever it is you pray for, he still got it up there for you. You just have to go through this to get it. 
You have to believe and have faith. And then on top of having belief and prayer, I mean, belief that, uh, and faith that your prayer is making it through, you have to have patience and you have to have strong, fervent pray patience because you got to understand you're going to go through things that are going to disencourage you from what it is that you prayed for. Things are going to stand in your way. Things are going to hinder you. Things are going to come up against you. Think your mind is going to come up against you. People are going to come up against you. Satan's going to come up against you. And all of them are going to be telling you that you're just being stupid and foolish and this and that. Give up on this dream. Give up on this hope. In my close, prayer is a request. Does prayer work? Yes. But if you're not saved, if you don't have faith, if you're not listening to the word of God, if you're not living a lifestyle that is holy and acceptable in the eyesight of God, stop praying. Stop getting upset that your prayers aren't making it through to God. Stop being upset when things don't go right. If you're somebody who's praying and then you're moving ahead of God, go back and see what the hell you've done. Don't blame it on God. If you go to God in prayer and you get something and it turns out bad for you, that means you went ahead of God. You did something. You did something wrong. I never read once in the Bible where God made a mistake. And even if it was possible that God can make a mistake, which it is not, but even if it was possible, you mean to tell me that the creator of the heavens and the earth and man and animals and all things, all things, you mean to tell me he can't come back, snap his fingers and make things right? Make sure you're lined up with God. Make sure you are in tune with God, the word of God. Make sure you have faith. Make sure you go into God in prayer and right standard as a holy, righteous, saved person who's living the word of God, who's living according to what you've been taught, who's in a good, decent church that God chose for you. These things matter, especially when you're putting all these heavy, heavy requests in to God for prayer. But like I said, make sure you got both passages open. Make sure that this isn't a one-way phone line. Make sure that when you get on the phone with God with your prayer saying, hey, Lord, I need this. Make sure that that phone line is open and you can hear God. Take the mute button off and make sure that God can get in contact with you and say, okay, this and that has to be changed. This and this has to be fixed. This and this has to be done. And then we can move on to get your prayer. Make sure you have a listening ear to the word of God because that is the most important key way that God will answer your prayers. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time. God bless.